Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and that's Badass Wood Art. Remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel um, because we have some exciting news today. Uh, right in time for training camp, actually, guys. Uh, we've been in conversations uh, with the guys over at Viking Nations, and as of July 24th, we are now the official podcast for Viking Nation. Um, so you can find our stuff there on social media now for their Instagram page, their Twitter page, um, and as well, just keep listening to us here and on the podcast. Um, it's exciting stuff, guys. This is, I think it's going to, it's going to give us a lot of opportunities. And so tonight I've, I know Ryan's been drinking all day, but I, I poured up a whiskey for old time's sake. Um, it's been a little bit. Miles has got one. T- Ryan. So I'm the only one not drinking for the first that's okay. time. That's okay. I feel like you shouldn't be drinking right now, though. Like this like this is my first one. I, we, yeah, we don't need to tell true. the viewers like how many this would be if you put if you picked one up right now. So don't. don't Why don't you just it. give context, though, what you did do today? And then. Yeah. Can- yeah. So we, we had a little fundraiser event, a golf fundraiser event for uh, the local schools, golf teams. Um, so I think it's like $30 for a red solo cup, all you can drink. So as you guys can imagine, I can drink quite a bit in 18 holes of golf. So, uh, it it was, it was a lot of fun. I probably could go grab one more. I'd be fine, but, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Also really excited about the Viking nations. Um, you know, the partnership, they do a lot of great work over there and, uh, it's great to have a a nice reputable partner uh, joining us. Yeah, it was, uh, I know it. The, the news broke today about our, our partnership with them, but Miles and I actually got a, a really good opportunity last Saturday to hit up uh, Dalvin Cook's youth football camp in Cottage Grove before he dipped out of town to whatever team he's going to sign with. And that was super fun to, to meet Dalvin. And, and CJ Ham was there as well, and it was just a good event. So hopefully that's just a sign of, of things to come uh, in the coming months here. But uh, – it was, it, we've been a little quiet on this end. Summer presents not m- much news for us to talk about, but with training camp around the corner, thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to get together and just preview this Vikings offense, a lot of which is kind of the same, uh, maybe interchangeably with the backups. But I thought it'd be, we could just talk. Miles, you can start us off, actually. But just overall thoughts on the offense as we head into training camp, and then we'll go position well, by position. Yeah, I mean, besides you guys being the busiest people I know, like that, 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 that kind of sums that up. Um, no, uh, no. The, the so Easy. obviously heading to training camp this week, the the Vikings offense is. I think the one thing that we can be the most excited about is is the continuity. I think the one thing that this Vikings offense hasn't been able to have over the last handful of years, not uh, players wise. I'm not, maybe I'm more talking like coach wise, mm-hmm. but continuity. This is the first time. Um, since 20 honestly couldn't remember the year <laughs> uh early 2010s maybe yeah or 20 something like that where they had back then. the same offensive coordinator same slash same play caller in back-to-back years um now i know some of the consistency was still there like when you went from stefanski to kubiak like there was still consistency but it was still a different play caller here you're going to have the same thing yep. And so that only benefits Kirk, that it benefits uh, O'Connell, Wes Phillips, and then the offensive players because they get to – the verbiage is going to stay the same and a lot of the continuity they can build off of from last year rather than having to re-implement 
they can build off of. And I think that's just really important. So as they head into training camp, the offense will really be able to hit the ground running rather than kind of having to reinstall, they'll get to build. And so I think um, that's just one thing I'm really excited about. So hopefully that means more consistency and in terms of like production on the field. Yeah. And then, then obviously you had some of the new wrinkles and new weapons that they've brought in uh, first full off season for TJ Hawkinson, um, Jordan Addison, the rookie Jordan Addison, first round pick. And then obviously the offensive line, the continuity there as well is still um, really big and steps. Hopefully you get to see the guards, um, Ezra Cleveland and uh, Ed Ingram take big steps. And then I think argue, the Vikings arguably have one of, if not the best offensive tackle duo in the league, um, right up there mm-hmm. with, you know, teams like the Eagles and, and stuff like that. So excited to just see the, the the group as a whole. But I think the one part I'm probably most excited about now, though, is is like the depth and the competition. Because I think the one thing that this new regime has been able to do is is really fortify depth and bring like legit competition, not just like back into the roster players, but guys that could probably be contributors on other teams. Like I think Jalen Naylor is a really good um, fourth, fifth type wide receiver. Obviously they get, they go get Josh Miller, who's a really good tight end too. Um, Those types of things I think are really important to really building the foundation and and keeping the, like the, the floor of your team higher. Um, And so I'm, I'm just excited to see how they, they roll out. Ryan, you excited for the same type of things? I saw you just nodding your head the whole time. Yeah, I mean, he he took all the talking points. Typical, of <laughs> my, us, bad, but, my bad. No, no, but no, but really, like, uh, I I do agree with pretty much Five everything you're later. saying, right? Like, yeah, the the continuity is, is going to be really key, and and obviously, yes, from an offensive play calling perspective, it's going to be absolutely huge. But yeah, looking at that offensive line, I think the. The last time we had the same spot starting five offense alignment was yeah probably mid 2010s. So mm-hmm. um, so to see that continuity, I mean, it is really important for that position group specifically that those five individuals to be in sync with each other. And again, yeah. another year, another off season together, I think is going to really help. Um, hopefully, be able to provide Kirk Cousins a little bit more time to throw and uh, hopefully open up some running lanes for a new starting running back, Alexander Madison. So uh, you. you you had mentioned pretty much all the same starters. Yeah. I mean, we have two new ones potentially if Addison can secure a spot as a starter, which we all expect him to do. Um, and, and the only other new, new one is Alexander Madison who in has at, you know, he's already played at times with these, these players, right? Like he's obviously spelled Dalvin cook many, many times and started for him when he was injured. Uh, and then TJ Hawkinson, as you mentioned, half a year of starting um, availability with us last year, but outside of that, not a full season. So, Outside of that, you got all the same guys from last year's, you know, starting roster, right? So uh, at least offensive roster. So that, that should be good. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey guys, so yes, yeah. good. Can can we touch? Can we rewind? Touch on Alexander Madison in the rushing game because I think out of the one, and that, that kind of just brought up something that just like popped in my head, Ryan. Just a reminder that like the run game last year was not good for the Vikings offense. Um, they relied heavily on the pass game, which. I mean, in, in an offense where you have Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and at the time, Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne, um, relying on the pass isn't a bad thing. But mm-hmm. when you can't run the ball efficiently at all, it, it doesn't help keep drives alive. And in an offense, an offense needs an, a running game to be efficient. They don't always have to be – they don't have to, have to run more. They just have to be more efficient with the amount of rushes that they do in a game. And so I think that's one thing this uh, this like training camp into the into – the, um, preseason I really think is important for them to get better because that scheme and the 
and just I don't know if I don't I don't know fully what the like issue was because I don't think it was just Dalvin Cook. I think the scheme might have been a problem just because it was a different type of run scheme than than what they'd been used to in the outside zone, traditional outside zone that they've been running. But um, I do wonder like if they can really improve that. Well, Nava, the, the, some of the signings too would say that like with the Josh Oliver signing, it would say that they want to run the ball more, but. I think one thing we heard consistently in OTAs is they're still not going to force running the ball. Like if the opportunity is there, they're going to do it. But I, I still think they're going to lean on that pass game more than anything, um, especially when you have arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL in Kirk Cousins, who showed a lot of trust in Justin Jefferson last year as a passer. I nope. agree. I agree. So, you know, if we want to go to like position groups, right? So, yeah, let's, let's start it. breaking it down that way. Yeah. Do you so, st- when we, do you want to start yeah, with quarterback? Yeah. I was going to start with quarterback. So, obviously, Kirk Cousins is the mainstay there, right? So, as we go into training camp and OTAs or um, out of OTAs and into training camp and then the season, uh, obviously, what we're going to be really looking for is Jaron Hall, in my opinion, right? Like, obviously, Kirk Cousins solidified. Nick Mullins, you know what he is. Um, he's going to be a solid backup. But can Jaron Hall go and push for that second spot? I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen much about him in uh, from the OTA's perspective and, and much chatter about him. But what we do know about him is he is a toolsy prospect that has the ability to make a lot of the different throws that we would need to make, has the ability to create outside of structure, and, and, you know, hopefully improvise and, and make some plays. Now, is he there mentally? I have no idea, right? Uh, that, that that's something yet to be determined. But I'm excited to watch him yeah. uh, progress through the, the training camp and then into the preseason games to see, hey, what do we have in this guy? Do we have a developmental prospect that's going to take a couple years to even maybe be a backup? Do we have a backup guy? Do we have somebody who maybe can shock the world and 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 potentially be the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins? I mean, we just don't know, but it'll be it, exciting to watch. Forgive me quick because I don't know the specifics of it, but wasn't there a rule passed now where like you can have three quarterbacks on game day? Yeah, yeah. So they passed that. Basically, the 49ers in the NFC Championship was the reason they were able to pass that rule. The the owners did, but yes. So Viking the the team teams can dress three quarterbacks and then not impact the 46, I think. Yeah. Um, so like Jaron Hall will probably be dressed every game and obviously not play, not be involved in anything, but you um, hope not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like as an emergency, <laughs> unless he's a stud, right. Unless he's a stud. Um, but no, kind of going off what Ryan said there though. If he's um, a stud, Ryan, I'll buy you any bottle of whiskey you want within reason. Yeah, I was about to say, you better put parameters on that. <laughs> yeah, say, there's a lot of really good Happy Van Winkle, here we come. No, <laughs> um, no but I, the one the one thing talking about the quarterbacks, though, is that they only have three on the roster. And I think how important that is for Jaron Hall's development is he's going to get a lot of reps in preseason. A lot. Like a lot. So Kirk Cousins is obviously going to get the all of the the QB1 reps during, during practices, during the uh, – um, the inner squad scrimmages with the, was it the Titans and the, uh, who's, is it the Texans? Who's the other team? Uh, how am I? We talked about this the other day and we couldn't, we couldn't figure it out. I'll, I'll pull it up. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know Titans are one of them. Um, obviously Kirk will get him most of the reps in those situations. Um, and then won't play any, we haven't seen off. We haven't seen starters play in the preseason. So that just means Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall are going to get a lot of reps. 
and that's good. Arizona, I mean, I, by the way. Thank you, Arizona. I, it's just really good for a guy like Jaron Hall to get all those in-game yeah. reps in the preseason. And I, I obviously you hope he does well. There's going to be growing pains, but I think it'll just be really good for him to kind of get a welcome to the NFL treatment in the preseason. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see that as well. Do you think, just sticking on the quarterback part and the fact that there are only three guys, do you think they bring somebody in this week to to have a fourth guy out there? Because that, while it would be a ton of reps for Jaron Hall, that's a lot of reps on on people's arms with the, with only three three guys. They've historically had four guys out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I with Kirk Cousins being so solidified, though, a lot of those reps I think are going to be going to Mullins and, and Hall. And again, why not give Hall every everything he you know everything you can throw at him? Yeah, uh, obviously, yes. I mean, especially if there's any sort of tweak or any sort of injury mm-hmm. at all. You got to have some guy maybe like that you've already worked out. And I yeah. thought we brought a couple guys in over the last couple of weeks. Like I can't remember who specifically, but I thought I remember reading that we brought in a guy like not that we signed them, just that we like tried them out type thing. We always try and connect dots, right. To former like head coaches who, where they were, we, we did it with Zimmer and the Bengals and we've kind of done it with Kevin O'Connell and the Rams, but it wouldn't surprise me this week if they did want like a fourth quarterback to come in if they went after uh, Bryce Perkins, who's still a free agent, and spent a little bit of time with the Rams. Um, I think they overlapped one year. 2021, they would have overlapped. So that could be a young guy that they look to bring in. Um, yeah, or maybe I they, feel like, they just say yeah. screw it. Well, so I guess Jaron Hall doesn't make the practice squad, right? But the, what they could do is poach somebody from another team and put a quarterback in the practice squad as a fourth quarterback. And, and like you said, maybe – Maybe in a week or two when the quarterbacks are starting to get a little tired, they might bring in somebody late. And obviously we wouldn't expect those players to make the team, but a chance to be a practice squad guy yeah. um, is obviously a possibility there. Feel comfortable about Nick Mullins heading into the into training camp in another season? It's we're not screwed. Sean Mannion anymore. If it's not Kirk Cousins, we're screwed with, with the current, like at this point, right? So like I'm not the highest on Nick Mullins, but I'm not like, oh man, he's the worst backup quarterback. I think he is kind of what he is. Maybe he's got a little Case Keenum in him. I mean, I think I said on the show he was like top five backup quarterbacks as I was kind of drunk and stupid. Oh, there, but yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that. but no, no, yeah, I mean, he, he's fine. He, he's he's a fine backup. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to be excited if he's in the game. Obviously, that means that we're probably going to lose. But you know, he can sling the rock. He's, he can throw like yeah. I mean, he's like I think uh, over his what first five starts or whatever in the NFL, he's thrown for like the second or third most yard. It's yards within those games but um yeah i'm not expecting much out of him he's the he's the backup you like to have because he's a yolo type guy where he's like he doesn't care if he throws an interception i think as a backup a guy that if he needs to come in and just sling it that's the type of mentality i want a backup to have as like a non-development backup quarterback like like a jaron hall is like a dip i want them to to be different in that scenario than i want a nick mullins but but like nick mullins gives you what you need from that backup position before we shift groups here, um, what? And I'm kind of throwing you guys on the spot here, but what do you, what do you need to see from Kirk Cousins in training camp? So obviously, like he's the solidified starter. Miles is already shaking him. He's like, no, just you just don't, don't need to see anything. Yeah, just stay, yeah. Just, just just stay healthy. Don't get hurt. Yes, exactly. No, no. That's, like that's remember it. last? You remember last last year during training camp? How bad the op- we talked about the offense looked. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like heading into the preseason, we're like, oh man, the offense should probably get a few reps, blah, blah, blah. They just haven't looked very good. And then they go out and torch the Packers in week one. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, really, yeah. Like, like I just wouldn't, it, like Kirk, Kirk's been in the league for a decade. I, we know what he is now. Like there's, there is nothing that we need to see in, in the pre, in the, in training camp practices that'll the, change anything. With, with his first time, with the same head coach and play caller since his time back in Washington, there's nothing that you want to see from him in training camp other than just what he's been. The impact will come on game days. Like that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's really what it is. And he's going against to read a defense, into it. And, and he's going against a defense every day that knows who he is too. Right. right? And like, that does. That adjust, knows, that's a good you point. Know, like, so it doesn't really matter as much. If anything, yes, those uh, inner, inner um, squad scrimmages or whatever that they have with, Tennessee and Arizona sure like I want to see a little bit more there but at the same time like take risks this doesn't matter well that's, literally that's, doesn't so matter. that's what it is that's what I was well, looking for well and I that's what I said last year risks. too like I literally said that last year like I want to see some interceptions and I think both of you looked at me like what the fuck but like like oh, I, I want to see him this episode explicit thank you oh my bad uh <laughs> but like I, I want to I want to see him take risk and like make throws like and and, and take chances on throws that maybe 100%. you wouldn't make during a, a game unless you see it in practice and you say hey I made this in practice against Byron Murphy one of the better corners in the league hopefully um so I'm going to make this play against whomever right like yeah I, I'm gonna make this attempt because you have Justin Jefferson there well, I think that's the part that people forget to your point, Ryan, is that the uh, practice is literally that is practice. You're trying different things like so a play that might you might not ever see running a game that the Vikings are running in practices on the inter-squad scrimmages, scrimmages because they're trying them out. And so it might not go well. Like that's not always like on the quarterback. That's not always on the play. Like there's so many factors that go into practice that people just don't seem to realize um especially when you get into the seven on sevens and the team drills is they're trying new things because they want to see what's going to work in the games or not and what they want to try in the game so you might see kirk not do as well but that doesn't mean it's like a negative toward kirk that could just be what what is it or isn't comfortable for him heading into week one um and so and the different positions vary in that way but a lot of times for, for these practices, guys are trying different things because they want to see if something works or not. It's not always just like a true one-on-one. Every single rep is a hundred percent go. You got to be your best at like it. These guys are professionals. So it's not just that, like, especially for the proven guys. All right. All right. Let's move over, over to uh, let's do running backs and fullbacks. I'm not going to separate those. Uh, we alluded to it at the beginning of the show. It's, it's Madison's backfield for all we know. Uh, but Miles, you and I have had some conversations just about that room, at least last mm-hmm. week, especially when we're at Dalvin Cook's camp. And you think people are too high right now on Dwayne McBride. But uh, let's talk about the group uh, in general. I did, yeah, well, I'll get into context there, too. Um, no, nope, no context. <laughs> well, Everybody yeah. roast them. Well, this is the first time in 15, 16, 17, since – before Adrian Peterson that the Vikings haven't really had like a true highly established. I think you mean um, before Chester Taylor. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> in a way, but like Ale- Alexander Madison's kind of that Chester Taylor type. Like I yeah. kind of, I yep. think that's a decent comparison. Like, um, but like the Vikings for so long, they've had Adrian Peterson and they went from Adrian to Dalvin cook. And those are two high end type running backs. And 
I'm not going to say Mad- Madison's no slouch by any means, but he's not those guys. He's not a he's not like a guy that has mm-hmm. he's not super fast. He's not going to break um, you know break one off for 75. You know he can't score from everyone on the field, um, but he's a good established running back, and I think we're gonna he's going to get a chance to kind of lead a backfield for the first time in his career, and I think um, he fits what they want to do. And so it's, it'll be it'll be exciting to see a difference in the run game um, because for so long the run game was literally the identity of of the offense. And so it'll be nice to kind of see that continued shift. Um, but also the, the the depth guys that like we talked about, I think Ty Chandler could really has a chance to position him, him, himself to be the backup. Um, then obviously you have Kenny Nwangu, who I'm not sure I, what I think about him. Um, I think he's more of a gadget and specialist, return specialist more than anything, but hopefully he proves me wrong. And then Dwayne McBride, I'll, I'll get into that. I kind of said, I think people are hyping him up too much because he's, he was a seventh round pick and he has a he has a steep hill to, to climb to like get reps. He really does. Like he's gonna have to contribute in special teams and he's gonna have to show that he's he can do it on the field as well and, and be a pass and pass pro. That's super important for any young young running back is how are they in pass pro? Mm-hmm. Because if they can catch on that early, that says a lot to a coach and those that's usually when they get the opportunities more than anything because the starter is usually the guy in first and second down. And so you, if you want to come in and sprinkle in as a change of pace or just be involved in the rotation, you're going to have to be more than just a running back, a runner, I should say, because he's not much of a pass catcher that we know of. Um, and so we'll see if he can kind of catch on in those ways. But he'll get the preseason. He'll get a lot of time in the preseason to prove that. I think Ty Chandler and last year. C.J. Ham. C.J. Ham, too. Can't, can't forget oh, about yeah. C.J. Ham. He's a staple. He's fine. Yeah. Um, actually, before I get into Ty Chandler, Ryan, I want to hear from you, but uh, I also want to ask a quick question as I'm sitting here, kind of like watching our video feeds. Are you like, hold, do you hold your phone while you record this? It, it looks Ooh, like your, yeah, it looks like your arm is like holding your cell phone. Oh no. Nope. I it's, I'm on my computer laptop okay. sitting on, t- sitting on the back of a, you know, so that would no, get pretty tiring. For the OG happy hour folks, right? So we used to have a producer on here, Dave, and he had always mentioned that it's really smart to be able to have like something soft underneath and kind of around you um, as you're as you're recording because it helps catch noise or echoes or whatever. So um, ever since that, I started sitting on the back, like on my couch, and I just put the uh, computer on the on the cushion okay. on the top cushion, the backrest there, and it holds pretty pretty true. So. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm around this, but anyway, um, so you, you're, you're, you were talking about, you know, kind of the backup situation, obviously Alexander Madison's going to be the the starter there, obviously. So, um, the, going back to the Dwayne McBride kind of comment miles is I agree. Like the issue that he's going to have is he's, he's a very similar running back to Alexander Madison. Like they're very, I mean, Madison's actually a better pass pass catcher and, and, and pass protector, at least at the, at the stage that we know about, but from a running style perspective, they're both kind of downhill, just get, you know, hopefully can break a tackle. Uh, and Dwayne McBride's one of the best in college football at that last year, uh, but not overly elusive, not over, like not speed backs by any means. So there, there, he does have a lot of uphill battle to climb because yeah, typically when you bring in a secondary running back, 
you're wanting somebody with a, as you mentioned earlier, a change of pace. And I think that's what Ty Chandler does provide is he is a a bit more explosive, uh, a little bit more um, elusive in in his run style. Uh, So I, I would say Chandler has a little leg up, but again, you never know. Maybe they just want to go thunder and thunder and just bruise with, with these two guys <laughs> and, and CJ ham leading the way, like, and, and, and just let them run downhill. Maybe that's the style that they're looking for this year. Who knows? What is a mile said that Madison couldn't break a 75 yard touchdown run. You guys want to make a little, little uh, preseason <laughs> bet on, on Madison's longest touchdown run this season. Oh, it's gotta be touchdown. It can't just be his longest run. I guess that does tie into my seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I mean, I, I mean, I we could do has, normal run. I don't but... think. I don't think he has one longer than like forty-five. Forty-five. Okay. That's touchdown like wise. That's like cap. That's cap. Yeah, that's cap. Yeah. Uh, touchdown. Okay. Touchdown wise, I'd, I'd say like fifty or less. Yeah. I'll take sixty. I think he could get All a right. sixty-yard touchdown run. I could use a nice bourbon. Right yeah, now. say bottle of mid. Whoa, 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 whoa. The bottle of bourbon is not on the table here. Well, we apparently t- you're giving it to Ryan, but I'm not involved, so you know. <laughs> that's that's a whole player's career versus one play. <laughs> um, I'll bet a beer his, on it. I'll bet a beer yeah, on it. That's fine. I want to know now. I want to know what his uh, longest touchdown is. And, will it even pop up if we if we quick look? I think so. Pro Football Reference should have, well, his longest run, not necessarily touchdown run, but longest run. He actually did break a big one off, I think, like two years ago. Um, maybe last year. I think it was two years. His ago, longest but... run is forty-eight yards. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! I said fifty. I said under fifty. Look at yeah. that! Right, me and Ryan right in the middle. Like, yeah, that's well, perfect. I, I'm at sixty, so that's what I'm going to go with. I'll I'll make a note here. Maybe we should just have a season-long bet here. Yeah, we should. But I'm going to say 60 yards. If any listeners want to Venmo me money when I win, too, because if they want to bet against me, too. Miles is less <laughs> less than 50. You got to be mine's, more Mine's under 50. I said so 50 or less. So, like, 50. Yeah, you're, you can't win at, like, 10. Yeah. So well, technically, technically, you're basically just saying he's going to pop a 60 or 60 more. 60 or more. And we're basically saying there's no chance. I'm saying it's 50 or less. Like you're saying it's 60 or more. But yes, you're right. Like you basically, if you two are having this bet, it has to be either Matt, you get it at 60 or higher. But if he doesn't have a 60 yard run or more, then mm-hmm. Miles wins. Yeah. Right. Or you can just Fair say enough. it at 50. So you got that's an even number. 50 or less, it's Miles done. wins. 50 or more, Matt wins. There you go. It's done. Anyway receivers let's talk receivers because i think this is kind of a more of an exciting one hold on before we do that um never mind never mind we'll we'll do it later receivers (laughs) Receivers. it's been a little bit since we've done this so i'm trying to get back the rapport with you three too it's hard it's hard it's hard Um, all right so receivers yeah let's kind of see where so obviously we know we got in jj we need to see Addison on the field. Obviously, he's had some injury issues did uh, this offseason and then this speeding he's thing. Running on the pup, which is a good thing, it sounds like. So that's good. He's not, he's not yeah. on it. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they announced the pup stuff today, and that was uh, Andre Carter. And then uh, Chris Reed was on the NFI reserve or non-injured reserve, whatever that's called. 
Yeah. Addison was yeah. one of the first guys there in his Lambo. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> we know he can drive that pretty fast. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, and I, people are blowing that to be a bigger issue than I think it really was. But either way, it's decision making and let's you know make better decisions. Um, but either way, I'm excited to see him get out there. Cage Osborne, we kind of know. So really, you know, for all intents and purposes of this conversation, it's, it's who are going to be those you know, three, four, five or four, five, six guys. Right. So miles earlier mentioned Jalen Naylor, you know, we had, we, we signed Brandon Powell, who is more of like a gadget guy from the Rams. Uh, we have Jalen Rager still on roster. Who's supposed to also be that gadget guy for former first round pick kind of disappointed last year. Um, and then, and then we got a couple of guys that we are pretty familiar with the names from uh, from training camp last Previous year. Training camps, yep. Yeah, Tristan Jackson, Blake Prohl, um, Lucky Jackson, and then we got Crockett's boy. Crockett's a friend of the show here, uh, Thayer Thomas out of NC State, uh, who's going to be another one of those guys that's going to be a undrafted free agent receiver out of the slot. Uh, Prototypical. <laughs> Prototypical. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so it's the and, description. Yeah. Right. So I I'm excited about him though. You know, I was watching yeah, no, some, some like highlight tapes of the kid and just shifty and really good route runner. I mean, at least from what we can see. And again, this is NC state ACC competition. Deceptive so, you know, asked, you know, those types of things, right? Deceptively, lunch, just lunch, a, kid. lunch pail, just grind, <laughs> you know, just grinding his way through the weight room, you know, all of that. Right. He's, <laughs> but yeah so rat, you know huh? we, we we have some yeah gym rat yeah so we have some good competition for that you know four five six spot i mean i think Naylor's probably gonna nail his spot in there this uh this uh training camp but outside of that i i don't have a ton of faith in rager i mean i know he has the draft capital and the trade capital um to, to kind of trade capital is um, irrelevant i think i mean it should be but you know we did give up a fourth round pick for him um and a seventh or something like that. So, but yeah, you One gotta five, you, four was like the highest it could be, right? I thought it was a four and a seven. I could be wrong though. I'm gonna look that up now. But uh, but yeah, so we we have this we have this competition in, in for the backups essentially, and again, it's going to come down to what can you provide on special teams. Uh, which one of these guys is going to be able to be a gunner? Which one of these guys is going to be able to provide punt and or kick return abilities? We know Powell can do that. We know Rager can do that. Um, Naylor, I believe, can. So I don't know about Thayer Thomas. Can he be a punt returner? Who knows? He's you know shifty enough to be be one, but who knows? So. Yeah, that that's what I'm excited it, to see through training. Is it game. not even a, a receiver, by the way? Is it someone on the defensive side of the ball? Easily punts? could be. Hundred percent. We'll get into be. that in a different episode, but continue. Oh yeah, Ab- no, absolutely. And that's really all I had to say. Is just like I, it's just we know what we got up top, and let's see what we got in that depth because injuries happen, and we need people who can be able to come in, know the offense, step in, and be able to seamlessly take um take over one of these spots whether it's a slot whether it's the you know the z or the x so miles before you go i want to loop in just the tight end group in this discussion as well similar like how we bunched up the the running backs and wide receivers but um when you think about the guys behind tj hawkinson and josh oliver that's kind of some training camp battles that i'm looking forward to seeing like it's really it's really versus Nick Muse and, and, and Johnny Munt to see who's gonna kinda keep that that third um 
tight end position or the guy they just signed today. Who I can't, I don't know his name. The long snapper slash tight end. Yeah. Colin Thompson, I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few other. I think they, I think they have another tight end, but yeah, Kevin just Sims. what? Yeah. So based on the the wide receiver and tight end group, what are you looking for in training camp here? Well, keeping it to tight ends, I I'd be curious to see what, if they plan on keeping three or four, especially if they're a team that wants to run more two tight end sets. We might see them keep four. Um, well, Johnny Munt is still under contract, I think, for another year. Correct? Uh, he signed a two year deal when he first came, so this would be his last year of the deal. Um, okay. And then, uh, but it was non guaranteed, so I think. Um, at least the second year, I think it was like non-guaranteed or something like that. Um, but then obviously Nick Muse was on the practice squad last year. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that battle goes for, for those guys. Johnny Munt knows the offense though. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around. He, I think he's on like a Bettman type deal. So it's not like it would really be a negative to keep him. Um, knows the offense. Um, wide receiver wise, to your guys' point, I think bringing in Brandon Powell to kind of compete with uh, Jalen Rager as like that punt return uh, gadget guy is an interesting one just because Rager's um, – so they did trade – so it was a conditional fourth. That conditional fourth will be a fifth. It'll it'll only turn into a fourth if he has like 40 or more catches or 500 or more yards, and maybe it's – Do we want to do another bet on this one? Um, so it's 40 receptions, 500 yards, five touchdowns. So he needs – all of them, he has to get all three. No, it's any of the one. three. Any any of the three. So any of those three. 40 receptions, 500 yards, five touchdowns. And I would say it's probably very, very unlikely unless somebody gets hurt for him to hit one of those. The, and the so, five TVs yeah. is the one I'm worried about, actually. Just from like I, we saw how Kevin O'Connell used him in the red zone last year a little bit, tried to get him on some some jet sweeps. And, and it does say also, five touchdowns. It might not and be also five. Assume it, it could be, be a returning touchdown too. Yeah, it could be any sort of touchdown, not just yeah. a receiving. So that would that would be. But like the Vikings can maneuver that how they want to. <laughs> they can play him, and if they don't want, like, and He's obviously at four, I, he doesn't get a touch again. Well, I think. Well, I think they'll play the best players. So I, I don't think they they would let a condition be the reason they didn't play him. Um, but I do yeah. think it's interesting that they brought in Powell, who's very similar, um, because. I do wonder what that future holds for either one of those guys. Um, Rager's deal is guaranteed, though, so that could kind of give him the leg up. I don't know what Powell's contract looks like. I'm guessing veteran minimum. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see those guys battle it out because um, Powell is a good punt returner as well. Um, and then I'm really excited to see if Jalen Naylor can continue through the – because in the, the spring to talk with about. Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. So Jefferson was out most of the spring. And then uh, Addison got hurt very early on. So Naylor and KJ Osborne are kind of the two guys and all the, everybody was raving about Naylor and that doesn't always mean a lot, but I think coming into your second year in the league, if you can turn some heads, it just, it can only help. And I think he's the one guy that has a little bit more of a true versatile skill set. Uh, that's like a deep threat skill set um, that I don't think KJ and, and uh, Addison quite have in the same way. Um, and I think, so I think Naylor can stretch the field a little bit better. And so there could be a role for him in that because of that. And I think him being like the fourth guy um, could be a good thing if he can continue to, to develop. Yeah, I think TJ Hawkinson still, and I've said this countless yeah. times before, but, but he really throws off just the whole wide receiver element to me because 
he is their wide receiver too, in my opinion. Like, yeah, but I think what they did though is they improved that three four spot. Yeah. So obviously KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison, both of those guys are really good. I mean, we think Jordan Addison is gonna be really good, and I th- I expect him to be. Um, maybe not right away, but it takes the pressure off him to having to be like a highly contributive, a high high contributor as a early on in his rookie year. Um, yeah. KJ, I think KJ is a really good player. I do. Yeah. I think KJ is good. I think he's proven that contract he be year a, too. Contract year. Um, and so I think he's proven that he could be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. Um, probably closer to three, but I think he's going to get to show if he can be a wide receiver two this year because he's going to get that first crack. So I think. It just, I think they've, like I said earlier, they've improved the floor because they've gotten better at some of those like depth positions and those guys that can really contribute if someone gets hurt, you know, and those types of things can create real um, competition as well. So we, we hardly touched on Addison. We just said we kind of wanted to see him. Um, what, and I'm going to defer to you, Ryan. I've had asked this question with every position group thus far, but what do you want to see? from Jordan Addison in training camp. Stay healthy. I mean, I we we know the type of player he is, at least what he was coming out of college, right? I mean, he's he's a player that can get open, create separation quite easily through a phenomenal route running um and and quick twitch. Uh so I want to just be able to see him actually get reps, understand the offense, learn the offense, make minimal mistakes in the route running concepts even if he's not getting the ball. But like, our, like again, obviously this isn't something we're going to be able to see from like a TV view, but I will likely be able to get our hands on some all 22 and, and just kind of watch like, hey, is he generating separation? Is he able to separate? Obviously, he's been able to do it in the uh, Pac-10, right, and in the ACC, but can he do it against NFL competition and NFL-level corners? So uh, I, I want to see that. I want to see him just stay healthy and obviously – stay out of trouble i mean it's a stupid thing to say but like you know you just have one little minor thing there but you know it's just, not though i mean it's like it's, it's an important like, thing it's a very important thing i want to see our coaches and our like leadership be able to come step in and say hey you have great opportunity here let's you know stay clean from here on out he does, stay too. healthy stay healthy from here on out you have the, the sky's the limit for the kids so i just want to see him be able to be successful uh which week of the season do fans start comparing because it's going to happen do fans start comparing jefferson addison and osborne to moss carter and reed i mean they did it when addison got (laughs) drafted (laughs) they did it with Thielen last year they shouldn't be (laughs) i mean i think folks just want want that trio again and i don't blame them i mean that was that 98 season was legit um, but yeah, it'll be, if Addison shows, shows out early, it'll, it'll happen really quickly. All right. I'll have the, I'll have the meme created just so we can push it <laughs> as soon as he has his first big game. I'll start doing it. Uh, the last group we get to talk about the best group to talk about the offensive line, which for the first time in God knows how long. Well, knock on wood there before you yes. say it. Yes, I get right. there's wood everywhere. The game hasn't started. Um, <laughs> Let's chill. Potentially, yeah, yeah. The same starting five across the offensive line. Um, obviously, we got our starters: Darisaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, Ingram, and O'Neal. Um, but even the the backups are pretty consistent from what we can see. Um, Blake Brandle still here. Chris Reed obviously put on pup today. 
Schlotman, Oliudo, and uh, in low. And I think my app isn't isn't loading, but I think there's. A, and we just signed Bobby Evans. Yeah. Yes. I think so, he. We signed him late last year. I think. Oh, that's um, right. He was on a practice and, squad real late last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then I forgot and I about that. We, we just brought him back, and he's a tackle guard. You know, he can kind of uh, intermingle between those two, but you know, trained as a tackle. He came out of college as a tackle. Let's uh, let's work from the inside out here, because I want to get your guys' thoughts quick on Garrett Bradbury. Fans were ready to write him off through his you know first four years here and rightfully so he didn't really perform to the level of a first round draft pick but the Vikings gave him an ex- uh, a contract this offseason to bring him back and at the end of last season many fans were you know just praying he'd get healthy enough so he would come back because we could feel his presence miss so he's back what are your guys' thoughts on the center position are you are you comfortable with Bradbury here in his second season in Kevin O'Connell scheme Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I mean, I've for years I've been obviously on the let's move on from Bradbury train. I really want us to draft uh, Creed Humphrey two years there it ago. Is. Forty minutes in, <laughs> obviously he's now obviously the best center in football. But um, but Bradbury, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He he played well last year. I think that new coaching staff, uh, offensive line coach plus Kevin O'Connell and his scheme. Uh, we're able to kind of really get the best out of Garrett Bradbury. And and yes, to your point, when he wasn't in, I mean, I don't think it was like, oh, the sky's falling. Schlotman actually played relatively well as well in that role. Uh, but you could definitely tell that he was missed, especially when Schlotman also went down. Yeah. Um, so excited to have him back. Excited to see him in year two of this offense again. For the first time in his career, having, again, uh, knock on wood, continuity at both sides of him in, in Ed Ingram and and uh, Ezra Cleveland, having them there, I think, will also allow him to feel a bit more comfortable um, and, and understanding, okay, this guy does this well, this guy does this well, this is where I may need to help or shade over or what have you. Um, and, and hopefully that continuity really helps him, but yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Uh, what he signed a three-year deal. So he's going to be with us for a couple years at least. Um, and, and, and a very team friendly contract in my opinion, I thought it was a pretty good deal for us. Yeah. Especially considering what some of the other offensive linemen out there were getting at the time. Yeah, I think we got him like a million less than I would say P- players that are not even as good as him mm-hmm. or like right at his level, but maybe not even as good as him. So, yeah. And it sounds like he had an op- offer from the 49ers. Now I don't know what the offer was from them, but he had options. So it's not like the Vikings were the only team trying he to probably just didn't want to go against that, that 49er defensive line every day in practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess the money had to have been very similar. Cause like, yeah. Why, why leave? Like if you, th- cause I think the one thing people always think is like the chase, like the money's, a, but like then people think like people forget like people also like like if they like where they're at, they don't want to always leave even if they have to learn something new. Yeah, it's like and so he gets to come back to something and if the money's like like the same or more that or you know like yeah continuity matters for people too. By the way, before we move on, on to the guards here, do you guys remember when Kirk Cousins in 2019? I just I remember this when we were talking about it, but he called out Garrett Bradbury's butt for being too sweaty. I kind yeah. of remember that, yeah. I do, yeah. I didn't need to be remembered it though. Reminded, thanks. 
He says, uh, it looks like a window after a rainstorm because he sweats so much. Oh, Kirk. <laughs> I kind of like Kirk, especially after that, uh, after that documentary, but whatever. Uh, let's switch to the guards here. We got Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram back. Cleveland in a contract year. We probably think he's likely gone um, after the season, but who knows? And then Ed Ingram, who kind of made strides towards the back end of the year with Ole Udo is his backup. And Chris Reed is, is Ezra's black backup, but he uh, he's on the pup. Yeah, well, he's on the NFI, so it sounds like he might have gotten hurt or been injured off of. So basically that means he wasn't injured during any sort of football activity. Or he's not ready to, to play. Got it. I misread um, that. Thank you. For what, like what he got injured from in a non football uh, in the facility type of situation. So he could have been training at home and they call the NFI because it's a different responsibility than it is. If like he got injured um, at the facility or practicing or whatnot. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, the guard position is actually the one I'm probably the most worried about. Um, Cleveland's been steadily like, meh. I think there's times where he's good and he's just not consistent. Um, you'd like that to hopefully find its stride this year. Um, but at the same time, he's just not a guy that I don't think you need to like build around long-term, um, but we'll see. Like it's, it's one of those situations. Maybe he plays like a Garrett Brad Brady last year. He takes that additional step and is more consistent. Um, and he's someone you want to keep around. And Ingram's obviously in a different situation where it's not a, it's not a contract year, but it's a prove it year because that it's that like next step after your rookie year. Like he really needs to take a next step, not just like, like, cause it was bad. Like when it was bad last year, it was like, it was like worse than the league bad. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was bad. Yeah. And so like, that's like the bar for him needs to be higher than like just being a bad starting guard. It needs to be, he needs to be significantly better than that. And so like, that's where it's tough for me. And then obviously we don't know the situation with Chris Reed, if that's a consistent, if he'll be out long, if he won't, but like that backup position at both guard spots does worry me um, because of the Chris Reed situation, not knowing now, if his is very minor, it doesn't matter, whatever, but if it is a little bit more then I think they need to figure that out quickly because if Ed Ingram needs to be replaced, if someone gets hurt, like they need to find someone with more consistency than anybody that have in the roster Ole Udo was not good at guard. He's a good tackle, but he's not a guy you want to play guard. Um, yeah. And Brandel was kind of a do-it-all, but I think he's probably better served as the backup left tackle more than anything. And so, like, but those guys might have to, you know, fall in line to in a pinch if they had to. But um, I just think they could bring in somebody to be a better, um, more depth if Chris Reed is. It's all, to me, it's all just contingent on Chris Reed's situation, but. Um, I think he's a, a a solid interior backup in general, though. You comfortable with that group, Ryan? Also, you've you've got me looking at 2024 guards already because if Ingram doesn't pan out and Cleveland leaves, then we're we're SOL. Yeah. But I'll, I'll let well, I mean, they'll, they got a lot of money. They got a lot of money next year, so they can figure yeah, something. That's out. true. Not overly concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, again, the fact that you have two guards that are coming back together. Um, for a second year together in an offense that's the same. Um, that I'm excited for. Yes, obviously Ed Ingram needs to take a leap, and Ezra Cleveland needs to become more consistent. I think, if I remember correctly, I think he was rated the eighth best guard last year. So, I mean, like, 
his highs were pretty high, and I think that was mainly in run run blocking versus pass yeah, I think, protection. I think so too. And and obviously with guards, we don't ever see or care about their run blocking abilities. It's all about pass protection for all offense. Well, and the, the team as a whole as a run running team sucks. So like that's great yeah, that he was, was good, but the rest of the unit sucked, right? Yeah, it it was horrible. Or even or just our <laughs> yeah. backs were just not hitting the red holes or yeah. whatever it was. Who knows? But um yeah, I mean I, I, I guess I'm a little less concerned than Miles is, I guess, just because it's but like yes, if if you have uh, an injury there we don't have a, a name that we're really excited about, but also what team does, right? Like it's hard enough to find good, uh, a good starting five as it is. So does you know, someone surprise us? Well, uh, real quick. That's, that's the thing. Nothing. Like Bobby Evans is coming in and, you know, Oklahoma mm. tried and true. So, you know, he can, he yeah, can come Drew in and save the day. <laughs> yeah, he can come in well, and save the day. Well, nothing. I, I, so I should say it's, I'm not like worried. It's I'm only worried about if Chris Reed is like, if that's like a long-term injury, like that's yeah. where I'm Well, and then we'll probably bring like a legit somebody in. Yeah, like yeah. And, and so I'm not like – I like the continuity, and it's just more of like – it's still questions like can Ed Ingram improve significantly just to be like an like a below-average guard, right? Can yeah. Ezra Cleveland just be consistent in pass pro? Like those are the things like – it's not like I'm like freaking out like, oh, my God, the sky's falling. It's just more of like can they just find consistency and – and kind of raise that raise that floor. Sure. All right, let's shift to the tackles here. Obviously, we we alluded to it at the top of the show, um, but Darasaw and O'Neal, maybe two of the best tackle tandem in the NFL. Um, but O'Neal's getting older, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. Uh, Darasaw had his fair share of injuries as well, though looks to be, you know, promising to be a fantastic left tackle for the foreseeable future. What are we thinking here as we head into training camp? Yeah, I, I feel good about it. Obviously, Miles, you had alluded to it earlier, probably if not the best, one of the best uh, tackle tandems in the league. And then our depth there is, I think, pretty solid as well. Again, Miles already alluded to this a bit, but Blake Brandle in a pinch had to come in uh, for – um, Darisol last year when he had his concussion, I thought played quite well. I mean, considering yeah, as he's he really a backup, did. yeah. And then when O'Neill went out, we had Oli Udo come in and, and step in right away and, and and play really well as well. Um, I, I have heard Vidarian Lowe has gotten some first team reps just because obviously O'Neill's injured right now uh, and he's you know recovering. So uh, Vidarian Lowe has gotten some first team reps. So maybe he's kind of taking that next step after being a rookie late round pick out of Illinois. Um, so honestly, I'm as excited as you could be for a, the tackle position. I mean, you have two studs already and it seems like we have some very competent backup play um, available to us. I'm, I'm yeah, that's the least uh, the position I'm least worried about right now. Yeah. I was going to say Lowe is probably the guy that I'm like excited to see this off season uh, during camp and preseason, just because I think, it sounds like he might have the edge inside edge of being the, you know, the backup right tackle or is um, Oliudo might be shifting into guard um, just because I think they, they seem to like low enough. Yeah. Obviously he was their draft pick, um, but they also did bring in, they did bring back Oliudo on the, what is that? I can't remember what the name of it is. Like the veteran um, there's like a veteran deal where he's basically only, he only counts as the veteran minimum to the cap, but he, gets paid like 2 million 
Who is point. this? Uh, Oli Udo. Um, oh. I can't remember the name of it. I, I always forget it, but it's like a Some newer... sort of like transition tag type thing, something, right? Uh, not transition, but it's like a veteran exempt. It's like an exemption type thing where like they get because they you have to be on a the same team for at least four years. So it's basically any any like if okay. you've been a rookie, if you've been drafted and then play four years. But like I think you have to be on a team for at least four or five years. Four-year um, qualifying option. Thank you. Four-year qualifying option. So you have to be on the team for at least four years. That includes practice squad, I think. Um, um, and then, so you basically you count as a veteran minimum charge to the cap, but you get paid more in cash. Um, okay. and so it's like uh, he gets two point five eight million. That's what it is paid to him, but he only counts one point oh eight million against like yeah, which cash. is a huge like it's a really it's huge a really. It's like one of those situations where it gives a player an incentive to come back that might not be like a starter, like they're a very depth level type player, but it gives it gives teams and, and players more flexibility, like because they don't care what their cap it is, they care about what cash they're getting, and so um, that that's really cool. I think I like I like I like that like type of provision just to give guys an opportunity to make more. Um, but he's someone I'm just like curious, like what the plan is for him because if they do like Verdarian Low a lot at right tackle like Oliudo wasn't very good at right guard when he was a starter in 2021 so what's that situation look like for him does he improve is he you know I don't know but it'll be an interesting situation to kind of play out and then obviously we know Brandel's I think a pretty solid backup left tackle he's in a contract year as well so it'll be interesting to kind of see what the the plan there is um through the rest of through through camp more than anything yeah yeah, I think uh, we're we're heading into a an interesting training camp for the first time in a while. Just especially on the offensive side of the ball because there is so much continuity. Um, but I I I'm excited to to see the whole group kind of get those those reps again, get out there, hopefully stay healthy. I think that's yep. that's, that's the, the key. Literally, that, the 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 most important thing: health. Yep. Like we've learned time and time again that preseason is not important and these guys are athletes who can can get ready for week one without you know potentially getting hurt in training camp and I think Kevin O'Connell in his first year as head coach did a really good job at kind of managing that last season uh, and so hopefully he can do it again so before we round out the show after covering the entire offense here um, is there anything else you guys have from the offensive side of the ball that you just paid, have to get off your chest. Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and that man a blank check. Yes. And TJ yes. Hawkinson. But, I was like, and TJ. Like, get them both Blake, under contract. Let's get these, get these young studs locked yep. in, and let's set it and forget it, you know? 100%. Yeah, I agree, especially because I just got a – a Justin Jefferson throwback jersey, so I really oh, great. I know that's what I told him. Getting traded next offseason. I said that ass, same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have historically bad luck when it comes to Vikings jerseys. So didn't he buy Eric Hendricks, and then yeah, next year he gets cut. Well, we start with AP. Got Adrian Peterson, and then the whole injury and child abuse stuff happened. Uh, got Diggs. Next season he was traded. Got Hunter. His neck got hurt, and he just kind of hasn't been it. Got my father-in-law and my brother, Thielen, and then he left. And then I got Kendricks for myself, and he left as well. So 
we're we're not doing too good, but I felt like Jefferson was a safe bet. That's why I only ever buy the the legends, Moss, Carter. Just get those guys, <laughs> and then they're, they're they're forever. I wanted to get that Moss uh, throwback though. That one looks fun. Not too late. I know. I might have to look right behind that. Ryan. That's badass word uh, wood art by uh, Luis up there. He's got the the Moss fro. Oh yeah. That's that's my favorite. That's my favorite gen- er, era of Moss. It was the Fro Moss. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys for hopping on to preview the offense as we head into training camp soon. Um, Will we be going to, to training camp, Matt? Yes, at some point. We'll figure it out when, but at some point we'll be out there. Hopefully meet everybody. Uh, come say hi if you see us. Uh, we have a defensive preview coming on. We'll figure out the timing of it, but this week. maybe later this week. Um, but yeah, a lot more content. Season is back. Football is back. And uh, we're ready to, to kick this season off. So until next time, everybody, Skull Vikings. Thank you.